And we are live back with another episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns, and as usual, I'm joined by the autism stage herself, Mama Vadden. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I will. I will confess that um, I'm excited that it's just the two of us today. Um, I love having guests on, but I also love when you and I just have these conversations. Um, where we don't have to make any sort of adaptions, right? To include, because we love going back and forth. <laughs> Is that what you call having Ryan on, adaptions? No, 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 no. it's different, it's different each time. Um, but uh, I'm excited about today's topic, which I guess I should clarify, because we just kind of discussed it um, when I brought it up yesterday. So one of the things that I see a lot in the groups, parent groups specifically, um, are um, comments like, you know, um, autistic led um, and parents are, you know, having the options and the opportunity to take trainings and read books and listen to and sit at the table with autistic individuals. And so there are a lot of autistic individuals who are um, presenting, doing trainings, um, providing really, really good information. So, of course, they are um, encouraging parents to uh, participate and listen to the autistic uh, voice. Um, and so now there's a quandary where parents are kind of feeling like they should not listen to the professionals or the therapist. And, and yes, there are lots of professionals <laughs> we should not listen to. And there are also lots of autistic individuals uh, that we should not listen to. Um, and so I wanted to kind of talk about uh, what does that mean for, you know, for my, my listeners who are parents, what does autistic led mean, right? Is that something I need to look into? Is it the only thing I need to look into? And if I, if I have really good therapists um, working with my child and they're not, um, um, autistic, uh, is, is that a bad thing, right? Like these are the questions that parents are putting in comments. And so I wanted to kind of have a discussion about what that means for parents. And also just from your perspective, what does that mean? Right. Um, because I do think there is a lot of value, of course, that's why I'm here at the table. That's why I'm reading, talking, listening, you know, watching blogs and YouTube videos, because I do appreciate, um, the opportunity with technology um, in terms of having access to um, autistic individuals who communicate in various ways, <clears throat> because I didn't have that. <coughs> Excuse me. I did not have that 20 years ago. One thing I would like is, first of all, to define what exactly is autistic-led. What do you mean by autistic-led? Um, I think some of it's self-explanatory, but I want that to be per to be crystal clear before I give any of my opinions. Of course, of course. So initially, from my perspective, initially, uh, I remember the first training webinar, whatever we want to call it, <clears throat> that I was able to take with um, uh, the presenter, uh, being an actual autistic person, right? So that was then deemed as something that was autistic led, right? It's um, someone who is an autistic individual having the autistic experience is teaching us 
not a professional who is not autistic. And um, there's a different insight, right? Different perspective. So that was exciting. And then we had, I had more opportunities to, to learn from autistic individuals. And then it sort of became the pressure of, I should only participate in things that are autistic led, right? And things that are led by professionals are not deemed to be who we should be listening to, um, including myself um, as a professional who is not autistic. And so little, little, a little, little, little sensitivity there, but not really, um, but a little bit um, because it's, it's, it is understandable why there would be the push. Um, so, but also we don't throw out everything, right? The baby with the bathwater, whatever that phrase is. And um, I just wanted to talk about that. And so when I think of autistic led, it is led by autistic, autistic individuals. Now, whether that's they are on the board, right, of an organization, um, along with uh, neurotypicals, uh, that is considered, from what I'm understanding, autistic-led. Um, so not so, AS. We can't say the word because apparently they sue people for, for saying their name in vain. But not AS, because AS doesn't have autistic people on their board. They never yeah. have and they likely never will. So, so that is the word on the street <laughs> of social media in terms of only listening to, right? And that's really what it's about. It's, it's, it's not about which training or which webinar. It's now only listen to autistic individuals. And so for me, as a person who is not autistic and a professional and a parent and an educator, I think in terms of, all right, well, there are lots of autistic individuals giving great information and insight. But then there are some that are not, just like there are some speech therapists that are giving really great insight and some that are not. Um, so listening to every autistic individual is not necessarily the way to go either, right? Um, but then sometimes I think the discussion that some of us have had is um, now are we offending, right? Because we're taking a training by someone who's not autistic. And, and now I see that a lot of professionals are teaming up with autistic individuals so that it can be deemed autistic led, right? Um, not like us. We, 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 you, you would never do that, team up with an autistic individual. <laughs> My intention was not to team up, but it just happened. I'm like, I'm like, see, what happens is these autistic professionals, these autism professionals or non-autistic um, people who are professionals in the field of autism, what they do is they find like a pet autistic and now everyone has it. So like uh, Kelly Mueller has one, um, the guy did Uniquely Human, Barry Passant has one, non-autism mom has one. They're like, pet, we're like pets that you, that you sort of drag out there to essentially yes, all of your views. Obviously I'm being facetious here, but yes, there are a lot of team up because it's not wrong having two separate perspectives and having a perspective of someone on the spectrum. You know, I was a little worried about this episode at first because there are a lot of autistic people online who would say, oh, so you're telling people not to listen to autistic voices. And I was worried that we would lose that nuance, but you know what? I'm not worried about that. Here's why I'm not worried. Because autistic people don't actually listen to this podcast. 
They don't actually listen. They don't listen to most podcasts, actually, most autism podcasts, because the problem with the autistic community, obviously, there are exceptions, many exceptions. We've had some of these exceptions on the podcast itself. But some of the largest accounts don't actually listen to anything about autism. They rely entirely on their lived experience. They think because they're autistic, they know everything. That'd be like Mm -hmm. saying, because I'm black. Exactly. I know every I know every black experience, every not just African-American, but African, Caribbean, Indian, (laughs) Hispanic, every black experience that has ever happened in the history of mankind. Exactly. Because I have a bit of melanin in my skin. That's the equivalent. And so Mm -hmm. many I won't name names. It's so many of the top autistic social media influencers are making air quotes, essentially know nothing. They know their own experience. Sometimes they don't even know their own experience. I know this because they're the same people always quoting, always tweeting, I'm low on spoons. If you're constantly low on spoons, you're not using spoon theory correctly. The whole point of spoon theory, and and I apologize for digressing, is to monitor your energy so that doesn't happen. So clearly they don't even know their own bodies. Now they're giving advice to other people and they're being (laughs) retweeted by mainstream accounts Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with autism. And that Mm -hmm. annoys me. It really does. Because these people, a lot of these people, they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never met an autistic person in real life. Many are white. Many are middle class. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to notice that. And their Mm -hmm. perspectives line up with those identities as well. So a big issue with autistic-led is you Mm -hmm. have to see who is leading. If you are a parent, I'm going to say something bold. If you're a parent, don't take advice from an autistic person who isn't a parent. That means me. I don't got kids either. That means me. That's why I work with you. You mm-hmm. can take, you can listen to what I have to say and consider it. But at the end of the day, what I say is mainly, we, me and Stacey agree on a lot of stuff. When it comes to stuff involving parenting, I always ask Stacy first. I'm always asking her. That's why I'm always asking you questions because I'm not a parent. I don't plan to be a parent anytime soon. If an autistic person, for example, is not a parent, be very careful what sort of advice you're getting from them because they just don't have the experience. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, there are tons of autistic people who are parents. That's a stereotype that we don't have a relationship, we don't have kids. Tons of men and women and non-binary people and all along the spectrum, no pun intended, of yeah. people who, of autistic people who are parents, multiple kids sometimes. A lot of times their kids are autistic or have different needs. For example, yeah. I mentioned non-autism mom. She works with, she works with uh, I forget her real name, her screen name is Autistic Typing. She has three kids, I believe, and at least a couple of them have disabilities, various types. I, I'm not super familiar with the details, but there's experience there as both an autistic person and a parent. Also, there are autistic professionals, doctors, medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers. Karen Rose, for example, I believe his experience is in teaching. I could be wrong. Uh, autistic, not weird. Once again, his experience is in teaching. Uh, Michelle Dawson, she's an autistic researcher. These Mm -hmm. people are autistic people with the credentials, with the experience of working with kids, working with autistic kids. They've spent the time in university, in college. They've spent the time in the books. They have both real knowledge and book knowledge. They have all that stuff. Those are the people, if you want autistic-led, those are the people you should be looking at, first and foremost. I'm not saying don't listen to me, because I think I have some good advice, but first and foremost, Look at their work. Don't look at the person with 100,000 followers who has no kids, who has no credentials, who's just essentially pulling stuff out of their asses. And there's a ton of them. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point, Torn, that you bring up in terms of um, someone else's experience and their advice 
is not reasonable if you don't know what it means to be a parent. And, um, you know, you and I have talked about this in terms of folks who are either therapists, right? Um, And even myself as a coach, a parent coach, when therapists give tips to parents and the therapist is not a parent themselves, a lot of times the tips are unattainable, unreachable, right? Because they're not understanding the dynamics of what parenting involves. And also, I think when coming back to what you said in terms of listening to someone who is autistic, who is a parent, um, I see a lot of times parents get really reamed um, hard um, in terms of their emotional response to things. And I always look at the person who, the autistic individual who said that to that parent, and I, I wonder uh, you know, they must not be a mom, right? Because you have no idea the emotional um, connection a mom has to their child and how it's not just as easy as picking up your your bootstraps after you get a diagnosis and saying, oh, I love my neurodiverse child, right? You now have a lot of things to do. You have a lot of people looking at you as a mom, a parent, and dads too, of course. Um, and so, when you go to a group to get advice and someone tells you, you know, you just need to accept it and how different it is. And, and they forget that mom experience if they're not a mom. Right. Um, so. And I don't mean to cut you off, but here's a little yeah. tip. Here's something in the great filter of information we live in nowadays. Here's a great way to kind of cut off any bad advice. If any autistic person says autism is just a difference, it's not a disability. Just don't disregard everything they have to say. Because what they're actually saying is, I am incredibly privileged. I had Mm -hmm. a great home life. I had great support. I probably come from middle class. I'm probably white. And my life was tailored. People around me, my environment was tailored for me that I never felt like autism was disabling. If someone Mm -hmm. tells you that autism is a difference, but it's also disability, it's both. You're going to have to carry two thoughts at once. I I know it's hard for a lot of people nowadays, but it's true. Mm -hmm. If they say it's just a difference, just don't just disregard everything they say. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care if they're a quote unquote expert. They're probably not. They're privileged. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Torin, I think that everyone should actually rewind and listen to that again, because I think that is a very valid point in terms of um, the, the concept of privilege and everyone's experience is different. And um, and it is. Uh, um, a disability. um, And it is a difference, right? Just like uh, someone who is um, deaf is different. uh, And they are also deaf, right? It's a disability in terms of we live in a hearing world. um, But you know, we definitely have lots of wonderful technology that's helping with that. So, you know, I love, and this is one of the things that I will go back to when I said, uh, secretly excited, it's just the two of us, because you and I, when, when it's just the two of us, it's almost like stuff just goes in a direction that we have no clue, right? We won't, we have no clue what the direction is leading us at the time we're in the direction. And I really, 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 really like uh, what we're talking about because I didn't know this was what I wanted to talk about. I just knew that there's something about the demand for autistic led um, that has 
pros and cons, like everything else, right? You sort of have to balance it. And, and I do, I do really think it is very important for professionals um, even if you're a professional and, and you're a mom, I'm separating the two hats. I do think it is important for professionals, educators, therapists to take part in autistic led things and sometimes even take part in contrasting viewpoints so that the professional can can get a good idea of the differences. Right. And 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 just like every community. Right. Uh just like within the autistic community, there are folks who have different viewpoints, just like in the mommy community, um, we have different viewpoints. So I think the things that you have pointed out are things that people just need to keep in mind when they are taking something that is autistic led. And I do think that something autistic led should not make parents feel uncomfortable in a shameful way. I'm not saying we shouldn't feel uncomfortable to make changes, but in a shameful way, I think that in order to to get that sort of connection and buy-in is it has to be done in a way where it's not just shaming parents because they don't know until someone tells them. (laughs) Exactly. And also people, first of all, I just like to say, I'm sure Ryan's listening to this back and it's like, so this is how y'all feel about me. Listen, (laughs) we told you to take off of work today. But you decided, no, it's more important for me to clean panda poop than it is to be on this awesome podcast. So that, so that's why. And the people listening are like, oh, that's why Torrin and Deucem always says, oh, and Ryan's here too. All <laughs> jokes aside, I think, first off, I, I want to clarify my comments from earlier. Your goal as parents, what your goal should be as a parent of an autistic child is to make it so they grow up thinking autism is a difference and not a disability. If they don't think it's a disability, you did a really good job. That is your goal. You want them to not see it as a disability because if they don't, it means you did a great job. You supported their needs. You got them in schools that supported their needs. You got them, you embraced whatever their special interest was. You helped them guide them that take their special interest and guide it towards career. Um, you, you didn't let your personal anger and problems seep out, which you should never do as a parent anyway, seep out onto them. You did a good job. That should be your goal is to make it so they don't think it's a disability. With that said, a lot of the reason it's important to not, the reason it's important to not only have a non-autistic specialist is because sometimes a message is best sent by someone you relate to. Just like if you're a woman, for example, oftentimes, oh, I got a better example. Um, when I, I was going to use this, but I'll use myself as an example instead of just an average woman. When I applied for therapy last time, I wanted a male counselor. And the reason I wanted a male counselor, often women wax a male counselor, especially like things like uh, sexual trauma and things like that. I wanted a male counselor because I just related better with men. Mm-hmm. And I was actually quite pissed off when I said I'd be willing to wait for a male counselor. They gave me some grad, female grad student. Now, I'm not saying females can't make counselors. I've had some great female counselors. But she clearly just didn't understand what it was like to be a dude in their early yeah. 20s, time I was in my early 20s, and the angst that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Same thing, it's an autistic person isn't going to be able to relate what it's like to be a non-autistic parent with an autistic child. It's not their fault, they're autistic. You don't know what it's like to be neurotypical unless you are. It's like you don't know what it's like to be autistic unless you are. Or you mm-hmm. at least have some of the 
common traits of autism. I'm not, I'm not one of those gatekeeping people who says you can't be a little bit autistic. I kind of believe you can be, but that's, that's a topic for a different discussion. But you have to have some basis of relatability. So if an autistic person, especially one who isn't a parent, is going to tell a non-autistic parent X, Y, and Z, it's probably not going to line up to reality because they just can't put themselves in that headspace. So it's important, mm -hmm. first and foremost, when you're looking for someone, they need to know what the hell they're talking about. But they also need to be in the same headspace as you. Mm -hmm. And if that person can also be autistic, that's even better. So if you have mm -hmm. a choice between the two, between an autistic counselor who has the experience, has credentials, not some jackass on Twitter, but has the certifications. I don't like being gatekeepy, but I think some form of at least experience or professional education is important. And the reason I say professional education, because everyone on Twitter will say they have experience, they don't. It's called selling yourself. Mm -hmm. They'll say, oh, I've worked with so-and-so. They've worked with like their, fan, their cousin's kid or something. Oh, yeah. So you want to have some sort of professional education that you can reference on Google to make sure these people at least have some background and know what the hell they're talking about. And if they're autistic and if they're a parent, perfect. But that's hard to find those perfect, all those things to perfectly line up. So if you yeah. find someone who has, gets good reviews, who's non-autistic, who's a parent, who understands the hell they're talking about, who isn't spewing BS, go for it. Don't worry about it being autistic-led. A big mm -hmm. issue is if you're new as a parent, how do you know they're not spewing BS? You don't mm -hmm. know because there's so much of it coming from so many quote-unquote authority figures mm -hmm. that it can be hard. And I get the reason I'm so hard always on the autistic community is with all the BS that's coming from the higher-ups, I see it, it's the job of myself and every member of the autistic community who has any sort of following to make sure they are tailoring their message to do the most amount of good. That means tailoring it to parents who are new, who don't know what the hell they're talking about, who are being indoctrinated with people saying you can cure meltdown to water. Yes, I saw that recently. So you owe it to them to tailor your message. I get it takes a little bit of extra work. Don't be an advocate if you're not willing to put in the work. Yeah. And like I said, I apologize for the rant, but that's just personally how I feel about that. Go for someone who knows what they're talking about. And Stacy, I think I asked you this on a previous podcast, but what are ways that parents can know if someone actually knows what they're talking about? Well, I think that the number one key is don't just pick one person to listen to. Uh, we have uh, access to... Um, everything online, right? Um, from people in other countries to people who are, you know, in the same area that you live in. So I think it's important for parents to, number one, um, uh, not just rely on one autistic person's viewpoint. And uh, number two, um, learn what questions you need to ask maybe from other parents um, who are in other groups um, and then your professionals can sometimes help. I think that for parents in terms of listening to and knowing who to listen to, even in, in concern with ABA, right? It's very confusing to parents that there's some autistic folks that are ABA therapists themselves and they think ABA is great, right? Um, and so that's confusing to parents, right? Like, wait, 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 wait. But I always say every group has a divide, right? We don't, all mommies don't agree on the same thing. All daddies don't agree on the same thing. All men don't agree on the same thing. And so there's never going to be um, an agreement 100%, but there's usually a majority that leans in one way. So for parents, I think it's make sure that you listen to um, 
more than one person, right? I know sometimes we find um, an autistic individual that, you know, we like their YouTube or we like the way they do things. We like their Instagram, but you need to listen to more than one voice. Um, And I think also it's important to listen to autistic individuals who are as similar as possible to your child's experience, whether it's you know, uh, you have a, a, a daughter and you're watching Instagram of uh, girls, right? Um, whether it is your nationality or your race, right? Because it does make a difference in terms of the experience. And it's not always easy and possible to find that, but as much as possible, try to make sure you have a variety of that and anything as close as possible to um, uh, your child and your family's experience. Um that's my kind of initial, you know, suggestion in terms of, you know, the other thing I'll say is Torin, I always say, and, and I'll say this in terms of, this is something I do myself and I share this with my parents. It doesn't hurt to sign up or to listen or to watch something that is autistic led and you just don't agree with it. Right. Yeah, we, we do that all the time. Yeah. So I think for parents, you know, if it makes you feel yucky in terms of what's aligned with what you want for your child, then it's okay. You tried it. You didn't like it. Not You don't want to listen to them again. They're not aligned with you and you move on. So I think that's okay as well because I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, let me see what. And then I'm like, oh. Also, and autistic led doesn't mean it's good advice. They're, they're, for example, on this podcast, we are very, and in your therapy and in what you what you do with parents. We are very anti-ABA uh, and we are very anti-behaviorist. There are autistic ABA technicians. Mm-hmm. There are autistic people who preach what work with them, which is abuse and conversion therapy, mm-hmm. and it somehow works with them. Some people just respond well to pressure. I'm one of those people too. Just because I was greatly abused, that forced me to progress doesn't mean I suggest other people. Just because someone's autistic doesn't mean they're giving you terrible advice. It's the same sort of terrible advice that a regular doctor would give you. Exactly. So also you need to be aware of that and keep what your child's needs are in mind first and foremost. But Stacey, you know what time it is. Oh gosh. Is it time? That time? That time? That time? All right, let's go. A word from our sponsor. So this is actually, I'm actually excited to do this one. See, at first... Uh, as you know, we're sponsored by uh, Lipschitz, the Lipschitz line of autism curing products. And I'm often in conversation with their CEO, Donald Lipschitz. Um, I think he's an awesome guy. He's a visionary. And he told me that, I told him that I wanted to do an ad for this next product. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we weren't, we weren't really going to uh, do it on the podcast. It might not necessarily be our target audience. We have our own marketing campaign. I'm like, listen, you only got to pay us. So we're not making, understand, we're not getting like a cut of this. We're, we're, we're not making anything. I don't even have an ad copy. Ooh. If you didn't give me an ad copy to read, he said, just talk about, if you, if you insist, just talk about this product, this service on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And just, just speak right. from the heart. So I'm speaking from the heart. All right. Donald Lipschitz has a service called the Vacation Getaway, where for a very small modesty of $30,000, he can take you and your autistic child out to a private island to learn about everything autism. 
to learn about all the bad advice. You know how we were talking about bad advice to learn about all the bad advice you're getting mm -hmm. and to help cure your child of autism. Because it's hard to cure your child of autism in today's day and age in a normal setting. Because mm -hmm. as you know, commonly available things like 5G and yeah. water cause autism. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've known that. We've documented that on the podcast. Yes. So on this private island, away from modern, te modern technology and modern society, you can work on therapies such as revolutionary therapies, such as waterboarding Ooh. and placing a spit hood over a child's oh. head oh, to yeah. make them do what you want, mm -hmm. um, withholding things that they want, mm -hmm. like food. Mm -hmm. They even have a cave called Sensory Cave, which has been designed to have all the things your child struggles with sensory and forcing them through that so they can learn to adapt to it. So if your child has issues with bright lights, they pump a bunch of those studio lights in the cave and make it incredibly bright and just force your child to sit. They're afraid of insects like I am. They have you stand next to a bee colony. And what this does is through, like we talked about the pressure, mm -hmm. how pressure turns coal into a diamond. Mm -hmm. It turns your child into a normal functioning human being. No through way. This six week course. For $30,000. For, for only $30,000. You can cure your child of autism for only $30,000. That's why when he, that's why when I heard about this, I'm like, you have to let me talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. You yeah. have to let me talk about this. Meanwhile, while your child is going through quite possibly the worst six years, the worst six weeks of his life, you are going to learn things such as what the common causes of autism are. For example, did you know bread causes autism? Mm. I didn't know that. I just heard a doctor. Um, and doctor, I probably shouldn't say his name on the podcast. I'm not paid to do that. But he said that grains can cause autism. Hmm. Did you know that giving your child water can cure meltdowns? Hmm. I saw that. So while your child is learning to not be autistic, you will mm -hmm. sit in a class and learn about all of these things to avoid, such as water, air, bread. That mm -hmm. can, that um, It's aggravating your child's autism. They cause it. They can also aggravate it. Mm -hmm. So this island getaway, like I said, only $30,000. I had to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Sign up, go to, to lipships.com. Sign up. A lot of money. And, and cure your child today. That's what are you it. waiting for? And, and if you can't afford it, that's honestly your fault as a parent. That, that's, that's, that's honestly your failing if you can't afford a mere 30 grand to, to give cure. your child a better life by torturing him for six weeks. Like, that, that's your fault. So as a parent, it's behooven to you to step up and line our pockets. That's it. To give your child a better life. That's, 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 that's all. That's all. Okay, obviously, I'm being incredibly facetious in that one. Please do not take any of that advice. Though, what I will say is the stuff I heard is it's stuff. All it's, it's all stuff people, people are, are saying. It's people all stuff. Doing. I basically, I, I came up the private island thing which I, I hope to God I came up with that. I hope no one's actually doing that. They probably are, knowing my luck. And, but things like recently, I heard Dr. Uh, Eric Bragg, maybe, I forget his name, is saying bread causes autism. You also said it's causes schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lady, you sent me a video, Stacey, we seen a lady saying you can cure a meltdown by just giving the child water. To which mm -hmm. when you first, there, there was, and I saw, you sent me a whole guide of stuff mm -hmm. that causes autism, such as like, uh, cellular towers, for example. Mm -hmm. And I saw this list, and at first I thought it was a parody. I was pissed off because I'm mm -hmm. like, this someone beat me to it. This should be a Lipschitz ad. Like yeah. someone beat me to it. And I'm like, oh God, this is real. Yeah. 
And the yep. reason I brought this up is because we're talking about fake information and autistic mm-hmm. led versus non-autistic led. And the important thing is you should probably have a mixture of both mm-hmm. and cite your sources, double cite your sources, keep your child's needs front and center, and also give yourself grace mm-hmm. to make mistakes. Because yeah. odds are, as much as I say it, you probably will make mistakes. And you can't listen to a lot of autistic creators. A lot of autistic content creators come from traumatic households. So they're very anti-parent because their parents sucked. Mm-hmm. And instead of dealing with that trauma, they spread it to other people. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, and I'm like that too. I do everything I can to let you know where my biases are. Yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of parents will make mistakes. You will probably make mistakes. The fact you're listening to this shows you're either doing the best you can not to make mistakes or you've made them and you're trying to rectify them. Rectify them, And that's good. But you have to give yourself grace to make mistakes because that's how you're going to learn. And at the end of the day, nobody is perfect. Just do the best you can. Listen to your child's needs. Try to use common sense as well. Some things are kind of obvious that are bullshit. If someone says you can cure meltdowns with water, just use common sense. It's obviously a bad idea. Listen to this podcast. Yes. Rate and review, of course. Rate and review on iTunes, because we need some more engagement on iTunes. So iTunes particular rate and review. And just give yourself grace. I, I know we talk about that a lot, but give yourself grace because there is a lot of bullshit out there. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of lip shits out there. The reason I do that is because it's a pair I, I collect other th- I collect things I hear mm-hmm. and either directly reference them or spoof them in a way. But these are very real, unfortunately. But what, what I haven't talked too much. What's your thoughts, Stacey? No, you know, I, I, I love everything that you had to say, Torin. Um, like I said, this went into a direction that I just wasn't anticipating and it's been great. Lipsticks um, took you in a direction you weren't anticipating. Well, and because it really, you know, when I hear that, um, because I see it, because we know it's happening, it makes me really sad because there are people who would pay $30,000 to torture their child for six weeks. To get um, yeah, there really are people that would do that. Um, and clearly, they are probably people that have not listened to our podcast. Um, so that's why we're trying to get folks to listen, because we can't shift the narrative without people who need to sh- have their narrative shift. Shifted, shifted. But I will say to parents that, um, you know, I love your advice on giving grace. And I I always tell moms and dads, follow your gut instinct. And I say it all the time. If it feels wrong, don't do it, right? Even if you make the wrong decision, at least you're making the wrong decision on something you feel is right. But don't ever feel pressured um, to go against your gut instincts of it feels yucky, it feels wrong, but you feel like you have to do it because someone told you to do it. And I say that because I have so many parents who um, have made mistakes, not because it's something they wanted to, to do. It was something someone told them they had to do. And, and they felt uncomfortable about it, but they kept doing it because they felt pressure to do it, whether it was a professional or sometimes even an autistic individual. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If it feels yucky, um, back away from it. It's okay to make our own mistakes based on our own decisions of what we think is right for our children, but it's not okay. Um, and it feels really bad afterwards when we make decisions that we felt pressured into and we knew it felt yucky. And, some, and, and I get the impulse for autistic led. And honestly, as much as we've been talking about the negatives of that, I am so happy that people yes. are voluntarily, non-autistic people are saying, I want an autistic led 
service for yes. my child. I want yep. the autistic perspective because my child's aut autistic and I can't quite get myself into that headspace. Mm -hmm. I love that. And overall, I think it's a great thing. And it's a great thing to seek out autistic voices, but it's also important to seek out professional voices, professional voices that align with your core values. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm hoping your core values are centered around your kids' needs first and that autism is a difference. It's also a disability, but it's also a difference. So trying to take an autistic child, make them normal is not, is not a good thing. I, I hope your core values align with that. But most importantly, find someone who aligns to your core values. If mm -hmm. someone is telling you, oh, I think ABA is good, get the hell out of that doctor's office. Mm -hmm. if, even if it's an autistic person telling you this, if an mm -hmm. autistic person is saying, like the example you use, that you should just be happy the minute you get your diagnosis. Honestly, I'd be very worried if you were happy the minute you got your diagnosis, unless you're a professional who, who has already worked with autistic kids and now you have an autistic child. Happiness wouldn't quite be, or like, Joy it wouldn't quite be the emotion I would have just because that's suddenly a lot of extra work. Parenting's already hard. Now you have a lot of extra work and you're worried about screwing it up. So worry and apprehension is a natural, in my opinion, should be your default reaction when you get a diagnosis. Now, how can I fix this is not a good reaction, but how the hell am I going to take care of this kid and meet this kid's needs? That's a good reaction to have. So any autistic person telling you that isn't a good reaction, you shouldn't be worried about meeting your kid's needs doesn't understand because there are people who had their needs met by other people. They do not appreciate it or their needs were not met at all. And they mm -hmm. haven't processed that trauma. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of these people are also very young. They're in their early twenties. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your early twenties, no one's processed their shit by the time they're in their early twenties. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to them. Just strip. Don't listen to them. You should be apprehensive because it's a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot. And it's great that you're apprehensive because it means you're worried and you want to do the right thing. And that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it. I can't even um, say anything more with that uh, except, you know, share the, the podcast, guys. We've got to shift this narrative so that your children and even, you know, Torrens generation and um, uh, just autistic individuals in general can just have, I don't even want to, I don't know if easier is um, the term, but to feel included, right? And feeling included means that your, your needs have been supported. Uh, so just, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. One thing I want to add is before we go, is while social media can be a great tool, it's also can be a terrible tool. You shouldn't be looking for professionals off social media. There's one thing they're advertised, there's an advertisement on Facebook, for example, or LinkedIn or one of those places. That's a different story. But I mean, you shouldn't be doom scrolling, seeing someone spout off an opinion, clicking on them and being like, oh, that's someone who I want having a massive effect on how I raise my child. Maybe do some research in that person and maybe make that decision. But I personally wouldn't. I would be looking through word of mouth, through doctors, through advertisements. I would look better that way because I personally have not seen enough good stuff on social media. There are some great, great voices on social media who you should work with. But 
and this might be controversial, I've seen so much bullshit, Stacey. Mm -hmm. I've seen so much stuff who claim to work with autistic people, who do that for a living, who have no clue what they're talking about. And so, well, Torn, how do you know they have no clue? Because I work with someone like Stacey who truly does know what she's talking about. Plus, I've worked with kids myself. I've worked with autistic kids. I've worked with regular education kids. I've done it since I was in high school as a volunteer and then for a living in my early 20s before I started doing this. I have some experience myself. I've seen what some of these ideas that these autistic people are spouting look like in the real world and they don't look good. And the real world is a thing. They'll tell you the real world isn't a thing. The real world is definitely a thing and it's cruel and you have to find a way to work with it. So that I think is a, is a massive issue. And one last thing I'd like to say is, Stacy, I saw this post. You have openings for coaching, don't you? Openings for what? Coaching. I saw you put a post on uh, I Facebook. Do. I, I feel do. like such a scumbag after everything we just said and then, and then plugging your products. But here we are. No, no, no. It's exciting because I've had such a, um, a busy schedule and a few families were waitlisted. So it is exciting that I now have availability in my schedule to help more families. So that's always exciting. And then that's also exciting because, you know, it's that, well, right now, I'm not sure when this episode is going to launch, but right before the school year is always a good time to start getting empowered. Well, we're definitely, definitely going to do an episode for like probably in late August for like preschool year. I'm not sure when the school year starts in other countries. In America, it starts like the second week of September. So probably mm-hmm. to cover that, probably mid-August, we'll have an episode like that. And yeah. I'll put the link to your coaching service in the description. We also, we don't have a date yet, but we also have a course <sighs> coming up. Yay! Which we've said that for a couple months and sort of stuff happened, including me having to completely move out of my apartment and move three different times in the course two weeks. So that ended up putting the crimping things. But um, are we ready to reveal the name? I think we've so. Got, we've already revealed the name, so we might as well. It's called the Meltdown Manual. Meltdown Manual. it's going to be everything you need to help navigate meltdowns, which mm-hmm. as much as I hate that the entire autism narrative is driven around the idea of meltdowns, Mm-hmm. It is true that that is sort of the bane of autistic parents' existence mm-hmm. because they're ever present. There's always potential, yeah. especially if you drop the ball on something, and they mm-hmm. can be very annoying, destructive, traumatizing, I dare say, for both the parent and the child. Yes. Because let's not forget, children are wiped out by meltdowns. It's like it's like being shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. It's rough. And as your child gets older, especially if they're a person of color, it can also be very dangerous to happen in public. Yes. So handling meltdowns, you can never end them. You can never, you can't de-escalate a meltdown once it happens and you yes. can't guarantee they'll never have meltdowns. That's impossible, yes. but you can mitigate them. You can make them not as bad. You can make them far less frequent. If your child is melting down once a week, multiple times a week, that is far too much. There's things mm-hmm. that need to be tweaked. And that's mm-hmm. the meltdown manual is going to help you with a very concise and navigable mm-hmm. way. We based off a roadmap. Yep. Because most people understand roadmaps and something that can sort of get across easy enough. Mm-hmm. And once again, I have no ad copy. I'm just excited for this because I think it's going to help a lot of people. And it's yep. perfect time to talk about this because we're talking about misinformation and autistic lead. Well, this kind of is autistic lead. I mean, I'm involved be, with this. I think it would follow the criteria of being autistic led. I mean, I wouldn't count as that because people are coming for you. They're like, I'm, I'm the gimmick here. I'm the thing that's like, oh, look, no. an autistic person speaks. I'm, I'm like a talking horse. 
Like if you heard there was talking horse to zoo, you'd want to go see, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you? But keep but, a pump for the both of us because we have something unique to offer when we combine our superpowers um, of knowledge and perspective, not superpower powers, but um, it really works. I get people tell me all the time, oh my gosh, I love what Torin had to say. I'm like, I know, isn't it amazing? All right. I said a talking horse. Anyway, um, I think we're going to get out of here. I'm excited for the meltdown manual. I hope you got something good from this episode. So just to sum up real quick, make sure you're double checking your sources, following your child's needs, you work with people who align with your core values. Uh, and you're beware that not every jackass with a Twitter following who's autistic knows what they're talking about. Yes. And Stacey, that's why we're having a discussion so we can shift the narrative on everything autism. Exactly. We have to narrative. Remember, rate and review this, especially on iTunes. We're trying to get we're trying to get things popping over there because things certainly are not. I just check I just checked the numbers. They're doing great on Podbean. They ain't doing so great on iTunes. So get that popping. Comment on Podbean, com comment on iTunes, comment wherever you're listening, whatever platform, comment, like, tell us what you like, tell us what you didn't like, just show us, like, give us some engagement, it helps the algorithm, and it lets us know what you're looking for. Give us some ideas yeah. of podcast episodes you'd like to do, all of that good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, uh, see ya.